in, in your hands, you have a, a self quiz, which is going to be crucial for you right now. And it deals with the blessing. And uh, did you receive it? And we ask you the question, did you receive it? The blessing is explained. And let's talk, look at Hebrews 11 and 20, 21. Hebrews 11, 20 and 21. Listen to these words, please. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, his two sons, in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worship as he leaned on the top of his staff. Again, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By, first, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worship as he leaned on the top of his staff. And, and at first glance, you're wondering, if you, if you know your Bible, if you're familiar with Hebrews at all, if you're familiar with this august chapter, this spectacular chapter, Faith Hall of Fame, some people were inducted uh, yesterday, I think, into the Basketball Hall of Fame. But, but, but this is the Hall of Fame, the mighty one, the warriors, the, the outstanding believers, the people who are God's. Mighty strike force. Abraham, who, who by faith had a son at, at, at 99, really, you know, sired a son at 99. And, you know, he got a word from the Lord and he went, to, he went to Sarah that night. He said, Sarah, tonight you're sleeping in my tent. I got a word from the Lord. Without Viagra at 99. Abraham was a stud. He's a stud. Okay. And so, and so by faith, he said, he said, sleep in my tent tonight. I got a word. If your husband goes home and says, baby, I got a word, you know. <laughs> hey, that's faith. 99. Some young men at 19 are trying to take supplements. This is the truth. At 19, Abraham said, I don't need no Viagra. <laughs> I got a word. All you need is a word. So he received the word and he had a baby at 100, was born at 100. And then he left his family and embarked upon this journey with God and, and, and kings worshipped him and bowed down to him. Everything God promised him came to pass. And Isaac uh, followed in his footsteps and Jacob and, and, and every promise God made to Jacob by faith. And, and with it, it talks about Rahab and David and Samson and, and Samuel and all these mighty, mighty, mighty Deborah, all these mighty people, these super warriors, super Christians, super duper believers. And in the midst of that, it, it mentions Isaac and Jacob in this context. And I'm like, huh? I, 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 just, I just read about, you know, somebody stopping the mouth of lions and then, and Isaac bless his sons. <laughs> Is that in the Bible? It, it, it talks about it talks about bringing nations to their knees. Moses brought the world power to his to its knees, and then in the same company it says, and 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 Jacob blessed his grandsons. Like what? what why? What is that doing here? This must be a misprint. Somebody sneaked that in there. It's not supposed to be there. But oh, yes, it is. Because to God, when you bless your children, when you bless your grandchildren, when you bless those that God has put into your life sovereignly and on assignment, God says, you are a mighty person of faith. God says, I see faith in you. God says, you just worked a miracle. God said, you did something supremely, sublimely prophetic. And you deserve to be in the same company as David and Samson and Noah and Rahab and Joshua and Moses. You're a mighty warrior. You're a person of faith. 
You're a person where God's glory is manifesting in a superb way. So what is it that qualifies them to be in chapter 11 of all chapters? Chapter 11 of Hebrews. I want to explain. Because it says they blessed. Say blessed. They, they, all they did was bless. But God said that's significant. And God ordered them to be in this chapter. So what is it about the blessing that is so, that is such a feat of, of great faith? What is it? Well, we understand that parental approval is absolutely essential. Please listen. For any of us in this room to experience healthy, healthy present and future relationships. And I know some people who have been married 50, 60, 70 years. And I, I thank God for the longevity. I thank God for their faithfulness. But I would never want their marriage. Amen. Never. I thank God they're still together. I thank God, you know, they have not left each other. And they have not done the D word like my parents did. I hate divorce like God hates divorce. I hate it. I hate it. And because I experienced divorce when I was 12, I, it, it has motivated me and fueled me and propelled me into major marriage ministry wherever we go. Because I will fight for anybody's marriage. I will stay up all night. You can ask me what? I'll stay up all night with people to fight for their marriage. Ten hours we spent in Dallas with an apostle and the spouse fighting for their marriage. I walked into a trap, but the Lord sent me into the trap because I hate divorce because God does. Love divorced people. Hello? Love divorced people. Hate divorce. There's a big difference for me. Many things happen in a marriage you can't be married to yourself. Right? It's not your fault what somebody else does. It's not. Hey, that's healing to somebody here today. It was not your fault. It wasn't your fault. You can't make somebody want to be married. Some people get into it and they say, I didn't sign up for this. I made a mistake. So it can happen. But God's grace is sufficient. Amen. But to experience healthy present and future relationships, you need the blessing. In the absence of the family's blessing, a person embarks upon a lifelong search for it. And most people, unfortunately, never find it. Without receiving the blessing, you may be physically gone from your home where your parents live, but not emotionally. And, and we, we've got a problem with, with, with many young men today who have not received the blessing and, 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 and they're getting married. But the problem is, is that, is that many parts of their life is not grown up yet because they didn't receive the blessing. So there's a, there's a maturity. You know, they may have muscles and they may have been pumping iron and they've been taking a lot of protein shakes and they may bulk up. But on the inside, they're still a little boy. And you can see them acting out that little boy tendencies. And I, 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 I tell young ladies now, you're not just picking a husband anymore. You're picking a father for your children. You better think it through. Is this guy going to be a good father? Not does he make me happy? And does he meet my need? And does he fulfill me? No, what kind of father is he going to be? What kind of daddy? Will he be a daddy to your children? Or is he so selfish and self-centered and so immature and you know he is? How can a little boy father? I love my preaching help. I love coming here because I have, I have the best amen corner in the world. At Church on the Rocks in Texarkana. Now, check this out. When, when two people get married on the, on the wedding day, four people get married. Let me explain. This is critical. The groom gets married and the bride. But unbeknownst to them, two other individuals are there. There is the groom and the little boy in him that never grew up. There is the bride and the little girl in her that never grew up. 
And all four bring their bags, I mean, I mean luggage, um, into the marriage. All four bring their baggage. Don't know they brought it. They're about to find out. They don't know they brought it. To be honest with you, I now really am a believer in at least two years of premarital counseling. At least two years. Because it takes that long to unpack the baggage. A person has a right to know now who they're marrying. You better know. You better do a TRW report. You better do transunion. You better do everybody. You better get a, you get a background. I'm serious because, because you have a right to know who you're marrying. Now, you telling me you love me? Love's not enough. Love's not enough. Love is all you need. No. No. You need a good pastor. You need accountability. You need a good support group. Every couple now, all research says every couple that's flourishing now, they all have couple coaches. We need, we need a neutral party to call a nation, nation, a spade, a spade. Why am I saying that somebody here needs to hear this? Hallelujah. Not in my notes at all. So you've got those two little kids right in the bed, bedroom with you. And they say the six people in the marriage bed. The, the, the groom, his mom and his daddy, the bride, her mom and her dad. That's too many people in the bed. That's way too many. <laughs> Throw four of them out. But it takes a while to, to even identify their presence and to throw them out. It takes a while. It doesn't happen instantly. So you can be gone physically from the house that you were raised in, your parents, that family setting, but not be gone emotionally. That's why God stresses, husbands, leave your father and your mother, not only physically, but emotionally. Cut that umbilical cord where you can't run back to your mama and get your needs met when she's not nice to me. Mama. Now, we don't admit it, but it's real. Every human being needs to feel genuine acceptance. Some revert to workaholism if they don't get it. Some revert to withdrawal if they don't get it. You know, some people who claim they're shy, they're not shy. They just didn't receive the blessing. See, they just withdrawn, that's all. And so the personality that is manifesting is not even their true personality. Because they will experience their true personality when they receive the blessing. So right now, they're hiding and withdrawing, and you know, it's like, you know, don't come near me, isolated themselves. That's not the real them. That's a false them. The real them will emerge when they receive the blessing. But if we don't get it, we search for it all our lives. People struggle with lasting relationships and genuine intimacy as a result of a lack of personal acceptance. Again, I've seen people married 50 years, and I'm like, they, they don't even talk to each other. In the morning, where are my grits? I mean, this one man had the nerve after being married 25 years. His wife said, honey, you don't tell me you love me anymore. He said, he said excuse me, I told you 25 years ago, and when I change my mind, you'll be the first one to know. Pastor Linnell says she still wants to hear it. Amen. That was somebody else? Somebody back there? I thought I heard your voice. That was you? That was you? Hi. Thank you. Pastor, I'm giving Pastor Linnell credit, but it was really you. Thank you. Somebody in that area, you know. <laughs> the, this withdrawal can be so severe as a result of not receiving the blessing that some people even slide into chronic depression. And some people have even committed suicide because the feeling of acceptance was never, never given and it never took root in their lives. Esau in the Bible, we have Genesis 27, 34 right here. Um, you know, Esau heard the words and he burst out. This was the older brother of Jacob, right? He, then Jacob stole his blessing and he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me, me too, father. They understood the power of the blessing. They knew it meant life and death. It meant prosperity and curse. They knew it. And they said, I need the blessing. 
Hebrews 12 laments his life and how, how bad it was in his life that, that even though it says in verse 17, he sought for it, he wanted to inherit it, he sought for it, but he never received it. He, he was in tears throughout his life because he didn't receive the blessing. Aren't you glad for Jesus? Because when Jesus comes into our lives, he gives us the potential to receive the blessing. So Esau never recovered. Never. So what's the solution to this? The Jews, again, have always known the power of the blessing in an individual's life. That's why when you meet a Jew and you depart from a Jew, what do they say to you? Shalom. They, they get it. They get it. They meet you that way. They leave you that way. They want to bless you. They understand. They understand the power of the word shalom, which means nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, nothing needing repair. Everything is whole. Everything is blessed. Everything is full. Do you know what biblical prosperity is? It's not, you know, a pie in the sky. It's not you got to drive a particular kind of car. Biblical prosperity says, I have enough for me and enough to share. Three of you said amen. Because some of you want that new car. But it's all right. God has no problem with you having a new car. But understand that that's not necessarily prosperity. That's just a car note. Now, if somebody gives you a BMW, that's prosperity. A car note, mm -mm. that's just a car note. That's money you don't have to give the missions every month. Did he say that? Hmm. That's some of the money supposed to go to Haiti to build that church. Ooh. You don't get me in trouble. All right, so <laughs> God even went so far as to command the Jewish leaders that every time they gathered for worship, every time, every Sabbath, when they gathered for worship, that they were to bless the people. Let's, let's listen to the blessing. I learned this as a child in the Church of God in Christ. In the youth department, we had to, we had to quote this every single week. I didn't know what I was saying. Now I get it. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace, which is in the Hebrew, shalom. Understand this. Understand this. God said, every time my people come to church, priests, leaders, pastors, apostles, prophets, tell them I'm blessing them. Tell them I'm smiling at them. I'm not mad at them. I'm not upset with them. I'm not angry. Jesus took all his anger out on the cross. He's not angry anymore. Jesus took his anger for us. Hallelujah. But even in the Old Testament, he said, tell my people that they are blessed. Tell my people I'm smiling. Twice it says his face. Twice. I want them to see a smiling face towards them. I want, I'm, I'm going to be gracious to them. You tell them this week. Um, so they left, they left the church meeting every week knowing that this week God's going to be gracious to me. Well, what, what, what does gracious mean? It means his favor. What does his favor mean? You receive special treatment. Things happen for you that don't happen for other people. People are nice to you. They're not nice to everybody else. They say yes to you at the bank when they say no to everybody else. They don't know why they gave you that policy. They don't know why they gave you that deal. I don't know why I'm doing it. Something in me is making me do it. Huh? Yeah, yeah. It's God's favor. He said, every time you gather, you remind them of my favor. And you let that be what's ringing in their ears when they leave the building. There was a study of Jewish boys, 1,000 of them, all orphans. And there was 500 in one group, 500 in another, and they followed them all their lives. In age 21, they posed one question to each of these 1,000 boys. They asked them, how's your life going? Do you feel successful? Do you feel prosperous? Do you feel life's going well? Do you feel you're walking on your destiny? Do you feel that, are, are you enjoying life? 
500 of them said no, resoundingly no, immediately no. 500 said yes, absolutely. The, the ones that said no said, no, my, my life is the pits. I'm not, I'm not enjoying life. My life has no purpose. I don't have any direction. I don't know where I'm going. I don't, you know, I don't, know, I don't even know why I'm here. 500 of them said, yeah, oh, life is great. I, I'm feeling, this is wonderful. I'm satisfied. I'm fulfilled. Oh, all is well. I'm going forward. I see it. What was the difference maker in the 500 who said, no, my life is a pits, and the 500 who said, life is good? The ones who said, the 500 who said, life is good, every one of them had been taken every week of their life to the synagogue, and each of those boys every week received the blessing. The 500 that did not receive it, did not receive it. They knew their life was not blessed. They felt their life was not blessed. They knew their life was pointless. But those who received the blessing got the point, walked in the point, knew the point. The blessing. That was the only difference. All orphans. All orphans. All orphans. But these received the blessing every week. There are five parts of the blessing, five essential parts. And this is where we get to sheet this in your hand. Even flowers require five basic ingredients to grow to their fullest. Soil, air, water, light, and a secure place to grow, which means one where its roots are not constantly being pulled out. Likewise, the blessing requires five essential ingredients that when working together, grant a person the full experience, say full experience, the full experience of family acceptance. So parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, guardians, whoever you are, it is not enough just to be present in somebody's life. We must communicate all five components of the blessing for it to be received as the blessing. Two parts does not give the blessing. It being in your mind does not convey the blessing. It being in your heart does not give the blessing. So let's look at the five parts. Jesus knew the power of the blessing himself. Look at Mark 10, verses 13 through 16. This is powerful. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. They said, Jesus, you've got better things to do. You're too important to be fooling around a bunch of snotty nose kids, dirty little kids. Oh, send them away. Jesus has Jesus got to take over Jerusalem and take over Judah, Judea and rule the world and chase out the Romans. He's got big things to do for the kingdom. And Jesus, Jesus, listen, Jesus was indignant. He said, how dare you? You missed the whole point. You missed my heart. A church that doesn't invest heavily in children's ministry has missed God's heart. A church that doesn't bring in kids from the neighborhood has missed God's heart. Go and get them and bring them. Because Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms. He placed his hands on them and he blessed them. Jesus said, let me bless them. I'm not so busy. Let me bless them. In fact, that's my real work, blessing the children. Blessing. Let me get my hands on them and bless them. So there are five parts to the blessing. And the reason I've given you this little quiz is for you to take it. And I, I beg of you to be honest. I'm begging for your prayers and begging for your honesty with yourself. That as we walk through these five parts, I explain them, as I explain them, that you at the end of each part will be able to assess your own life and just according to the continuum, zero to seven, you can mark, did I receive this part of the blessing? It's real simple. Did I receive it? We're not talking about your parents. Nobody's talking anything bad about anybody. We just want you to be honest about whether you received it or not. We're not blaming anybody. We're not mad at anybody. All parents are human, trust me. All parents are human. Raise your hand right now. <laughs> okay, I'm more human than you, more than ye all, more than ye all. Yeah, I, I told them last night, I told my children, you better pray for me. You better pray for me because when they were little, I said, you better pray hard for me because I can really mess up your life. 
<laughs> it's the gospel truth. It's a scary truth. There's nothing more fearful than raising kids. Nothing. Nothing. The awesome responsibility. Oh, my God. I ask the Lord sometimes, can we reconsider this? It's too late, but can we talk about this? Was it a good idea to let me be a father? What did you have in mind? What were you thinking? So as we walk through these five, after each one, I want to give you a chance to be honest and just circle, mark, check whatever you want to do, where you are, the continuum. In your household where you were raised, what happened to you? Did you receive it from your father and mother? Maybe you had you know, orphan parents. Maybe you had somebody else, grandmom, granddad, aunt, uncle. Who, it doesn't matter who in that, was in that place of father and mother. And just know for yourself what it means to you. And we're going to give you a chance to do that. So number one is to attach, is, excuse me, is appropriate touch, appropriate touch. Unfortunately, now we have to say appropriate touch because there's been so much inappropriate touch. We can't even trust our kids with coaches now. We can't trust the priests. Can't trust some children's workers. We, we, we're required now to even have insurance. We, we, we got to do background checks. Because we have to insist upon appropriate touch. Everybody say appropriate. But this is meaningful touch. This is, this, is, this is powerful. This is placing the hands on the person being blessed. As we read, Jesus put his hands on the children he was blessing. As we read, Jacob touched the sons of Joseph. As we read, Isaac put his hands on Jacob and Esau. The blessing requires touch. Jesus touched the leper. Jesus, Jesus would touch lepers. <laughs> no one else would touch them. But Jesus knew he was greater than leprosy. And all power is in his hand and in his name. In Genesis 27, 26, there's a great passage about what happens when, 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 when Isaac is, is, is ministering the blessing to Jacob. And, and he went and kissed him. See, it, it involved a touch. He kissed him. Isaac caught the smell of his clothes. He blessed him and he said, Oh, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you the heaven's dew and earth's richness and abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. He gave him the blessing and he touched him. Because there are tremendous, even physical and physiological benefits to blessing. And whether you're 4 or 14 or 34, everybody needs to be blessed. Everybody, if you're 54, 74, we all need to be touched in an appropriate way. It'd be a kiss, it'd be a hug, lay it on of hands. That's why, that's why one of the central actions in the, in the church, in the body of Christ, is to lay hands. One of our, our central truths, one of the tenets of our faith, the Christian faith, is a laying on of hands, Peter tells us. Because God knows the power of touch. Studies show on newborn babies and the elderly, it proves the powerful transmission of highly beneficial things during a touch. Studies show that men and women, say men and women, men and women need eight to ten meaningful touches a day to be healthy. To be healthy on the inside. In the outside. Some research says that wives require up to 17 hugs a day. Not one man said amen. Not one. Not one husband even said amen. I got two. That's it. It's hard to buy an amen here today. I just, you know, and, and, and guys, this doesn't count. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, diez, once, doce, trece, catorce, quince, dieciséis, diecisiete. No, it doesn't count. doesn't count. doesn't count. A real hug, an intentional hug, a meaningful touch, a deliberate touch, an appropriate touch. Not to hit her. Well, I touched you. Santa said I'm supposed to touch you. No, 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 no. No, an appropriate touch. Everybody say appropriate. God did not give you your wife as a punching bag. And, and, and some of these women are fighters too. 
it's, it's a strange day. Some of the women, you know, watch, you know, watch Jennifer Lopez in the movie Enough. And, you know, they've been taking, you know, martial arts, kickboxing also. It's like, you, you better, you know. It's like, okay. In Jesus' name, go somewhere and be healed in your mind. But husband, husbands, your wives need that many hugs. If they train your children to help you, pay them. Say, say look, if you got three, okay, you give mom five, you give five, you give five. I give two, that's 17. She, she's taken care of. But, you know, let me tell you one of the real benefits. Levels of hemoglobin in increase in both persons, say both. In both persons who participate in a touch. What, how important is your hemoglobin? It happens to carry oxygen in your system to your brain. That's a good thing. So if you want more hemoglobin, hug your wife. Hug your children. Hug those that God has put in your life. Hug them and bless them. Now, if you're not married, don't be hugging the girls. Don't be, no, 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 no. And, and husbands, hug your wife. Some husbands hug every woman in the church and never hug their own. Oh, yeah, I'm going to stay right here for a while. Hug everybody else and never hug their own wife. Your wife needs 17 hugs. Get busy. Now, if you're a type A man like me, and type A means active, aggressive, assertive, anxious, kind of, you know, always moving, you know, always got to be do active, got to be doing something, got to be engaged. If you would hug your wife several times a day, you would increase your lifespan by two years. Two years. Now, it's your wife, not somebody else's wife and not, not your secretary. Not your co-worker. Hug your wife. Because you know what we, we, we found, and we, we teach uh, sexual intimacy seminars in, for marriages. Uh, and it's, it's, it's the greatest thing we do because it's incredible how it opens you up to receive from the Lord. It's unbelievable. But, but all the rules, because you know, there, there, there are many blessings for intimacy in a marriage, um, for, especially for men. Now, I don't know what the benefits are for women, but I, they're, they're, there's, there's profound evidence about the blessings for men. Their lives are expanded. Um, you, you, you make much more money if you're married, if you're a man. Much more money. I mean, it's, it's, cheaper, it's cheaper to keep her. But, it, but it's amazing. It's amazing. The, the things that happen in marriage really extend a man's life and bless a man's life and, and prospers a man's life. It really enriches a man's life. I'm, I'm not sure. There's not a lot of evidence for what it does for the women. To be honest, I'm, I'm just being honest with you on that part. But for the men, it's definitely a blessing to be married. And, but see, these benefits only come if you're married. If you're not married, the benefits don't work physiologically because the blessing's on marriage. You can't just be with anybody, everybody. You can't do that and be blessed. That will actually shorten your life. I've got the proof. Empirical data, research, conclusive. So, we have found that prostitutes and, and people who have had unwanted pregnancies due to promiscuity, that, that they have divulged that their behavior was driven by a need to be touched, a need to be hugged and held. And unfortunately, in many homes, we cease touching our children during the pre-adolescent age years, and we only do it when it's absolutely necessary. But your children, your children are 25. I promise you, they need your touch. 35, they need your touch. 55, they need your touch. Um, 65, they need your touch. So right now, on your own quiz, answer, what happened to you growing up? What happened to you growing up? Did you receive appropriate, meaningful touch as a part of the blessing? Did you receive it? And, and be honest, from your father, your mother, go ahead and do that right now. And I want to encourage you not to lie. Don't think about it. Don't overthink, because the more you think about it, the more we tend to lie and fudge. But there's grace to be honest today. You don't have to be afraid of being honest. No one's going to see this but you. This is between you and the Lord. But I promise you, Jesus loves the truth. He loves the truth. He uses the truth. He said, you know the truth, and the truth will do what? Set you free. So don't be afraid of the truth. If it's zero, 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 don't be afraid of that. If it's one, two, don't be afraid of that. Tell the truth because Jesus says you'll be healed when you face the truth. All right, so number two, the spoken message. And this is critical.
Spoken words are required for there to be a blessing. If it's not spoken, verbalized, if it's not heard, there's no blessing. Again, it cannot just be in your heart, can't be in your mind. You can't be planning to do it. You can't have written it down, but never delivered it. It's not a blessing unless it is spoken. What are these words? They're words of love and acceptance. They're the opposite from negative, critical, fault-finding words. They're words of love and acceptance. And we have an example in Genesis 27 again, and we already read that, but as you know, he said, the smell of my son, like the smell of a field, the Lord is blessed, heaven's due, earth's richness, abundance, people serving you, blessed. They must hear the words. Studies have told us that it requires 12 positive words to reverse one negative word. Twelve positive, say twelve. Twelve positive words to negate and reverse one negative word or statement. Twelve. And some parents, all you do is correct your children. I see people in Walmart, see people in the store, and sometimes I want to slap the parents. When a child is misbehaving at the cash register, they're acting out like you. They're just manifesting you. And, you know, you, you embarrass me. Stop, stop asking me that candy. And, and, you know, and the stores are so clever. They're, they're brilliant. They put the candy and the toys right there at the cash register as, as you are as on the conveyor belt. You're buying your stuff and your child's just watching that candy. And those toys, can I have it, mommy? Oh, they are so smart. And, and they know that you'll buy it just to shut your child up. It is important that we give 12 positive words because words of unconditional love Free us. Free us from what? From the need of fulfillment and accomplishment and success and performance. Because if we don't have those unconditional loving words, we become perfectionistic like I became. And so many in church. We call it pursuing holiness, but it's really perfectionism. We, we, we find it hard to forgive ourselves. Hard Hard to give ourselves a break. Hard to give grace to ourselves. Hard to say, you know, you made a mistake. Just move on. It's hard for us because we're perfectionists. Unhealthy, not godly, not God. And it happened because you never received the blessing as a child. You never received unconditional love. There was always something you had to do to get it. But I love what happened to Jesus, right? The day of his baptism, the heavens open up. The Father speaking, the Holy Ghost coming down the form of a dove. The Trinity's right there. They're having a merry, merry good time. Jesus comes up out of the water, and the Bible says the Father spoke from heaven. And what did he say? This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Now, please, 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 watch this, watch this. This was before his ministry. He had healed no one, preached to nobody. Hadn't called Nicodemus yet. Hadn't called Peter yet. Hadn't called, hadn't called Andrew yet. Hadn't called anybody. He had not healed anybody. He had not delivered anybody. God the Father said, I'm already pleased with you. God the Father said, you're my son. That's enough for me to be pleased with you. God the Father said, I receive you now. I accept you now. You don't have to perform, Jesus, to get my love. You don't have to perform to get my blessing. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to do the right thing, say the right thing. You don't have to come to enough services, read your memorize enough verses. You're just my son. I love you. And the blessing requires unconditional love. No conditions. Sometimes the only time we bless our kids is when they score a, a goal. Everything's attached to an achievement. You brought home A's. Oh, we're going to celebrate. Celebrate anyway. Amen. Celebrate when they've done nothing. Send a message. My love for you is unconditional. My acceptance is unconditional. Oh, at their recital, I'm so proud of you. Why do they have to have a recital to hear those words? When they behave well, when their room is clean, which never happens. When their room is clean. <laughs> See, that's why the blessing's faith. Hear me? 
That's why the blessing's faith. Hear me. That's why the blessing's faith. Because many times you have to speak the blessing when there's no evidence of it. There's no evidence of what you're saying. There's no evidence of what you want to see. There's no evidence of what God has spoken to you. That's why it's faith. That's why they're in Hebrews 11. But God honored everything they said. And he will honor what you say as you declare his message over their lives. Let me finish. If, if, you don't, if you don't give unconditional love, you don't have a message of unconditional love, then everything you say is like pouring acid on your child's heart. Salah. The absence of God's spoken message produces perfectionism, which is a performance-based and driven life. And I'm sorry to say it, but in a lot of our churches... We are driven by performance. But we call it pursuing holiness. But deep underneath is performance. Number th- so go ahead. Did you receive that kind of unconditional love spoken message? Answer that right now in your life, your, your father and your mother, or that figure in your life. We're almost finished. Those two are the longest. The others are shorter. So let's, we're going to move on and we'll be done. The plane is landing, not circling, landing. Number three, attaching high value. Uh, this must be expressed. This, this is where we attach great importance to someone. Remember, this is the blessing. The word bless means to bow the knee. And, and in the blessing, both parties knelt. Both the person giving the blessing... And the person that received the blessing, they both knelt because it's a sign of honor and respect. It's a sign that conveys worth. Because when you honor somebody, and this is very much a part of the blessing, when you honor somebody, you are saying that you highly value them and and you prize them and, and you don't take them lightly. You esteem them. You give weight to them and you ascribe worth to them. That's why the word blessing means to empower, to prosper, to receive somebody, to accept somebody, to ascribe high value to someone, to consider, listen, to consider a person a success even before you think you see the success. To empower someone to thrive, to empower someone to do well, to empower someone to have a pleasant, fulfilling journey. Oh, this music to my ears. To have a pleasant, fulfilling journey. To have a pleasant, fulfilling marriage. To have a pleasant, fulfilling parenting experience. To have a pleasant, fulfilling ministry. Physically, a pleasant, fulfilling journey. So the blessing is God's impartation of identity and destiny and purpose. What is Satan's? part is the curse satan's message disempowers disables the one being cursed from thriving from succeeding from having a pleasant fulfilling journey satan wants to curse us he doesn't want us to have a pleasant fulfilling journey so he has worked hard to make parents so angry so depressed so so hurt themselves that they never give the blessing to anybody else because they're, they're so busy experiencing their own pain and anguish and agony and disappointment and disillusionment and, and this, 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 this. But God commanded the blessing. So right now, answer on your paper. Did your father and mother, those, those figures give you the attachment of special value. Did you feel valued and highly honored? Highly honored growing up. I'm not saying they didn't love you. We're talking about high honor, value, esteem. Number four, because again, I don't want you to think too much about this. Number four, a special future you must have pictured to you and communicated to you a special and bright future. And, and, and Jacob blessed the sons of Joseph. Listen to Genesis 49. Listen, listen to what Jacob said to the sons of Joseph. Joseph is a fruitful vine, 
a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over a wall with bitterness and archers attacked. They shot at him with hostility, but his bow remained steady. His strong arm stayed limber because the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel, because of your father's God who helps you, because of the almighty who blesses you with blessings of the skies above, blessings of the deep springs below, blessings of the breast and womb. Your father's blessings are greater than the blessings of the ancient mountains, than the bounty of the age-old hills. Let all these rest on the head of Joseph on the brow of the prince among his brothers. Imagine somebody painting that kind of word picture for you. The blessing requires somebody to do that, to take, take, a, take a brush and to paint that kind of picture in your mind that this is a, your special future that God has for you. It stimulates all kinds of positive feelings and, and emotions and it helps a, a child make good, healthy solid, reasonable, sound decisions because they're motivated. They're blessed. It affects their thinking, their decision-making process. It helps them grow and develop because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. It builds confidence in a person. So right now, answer that, answer that. Did that happen to you? Did, did, did they paint that kind of pi visual picture in your spirit? Was, was that conveyed to you go ahead and answer for yourself right now there's grace there's grace to be honest don't get depressed don't get depressed we've got good news for you coming around the mountain numero cinco number five for you gringos genuine commitment why genuine commitment is required why because talk is cheap you just can't say this you got to be committed to it. There has to be commitment. And it has to be intentional and deliberate and, and strategic. It requires personal responsibility and involvement. Because faith without works is dead, 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 dead. So three things, three things, three things a person your blessing needs to see in you. Three things. Number one, they need to see you demonstrate commitment to the one being blessed. Number two, they need you to commit your life to their best interests, not yours. Not for you to brag about their trophies and their accomplishments and their scholarships and look at, the, look at the internship they got, the job they got. Oh, I'm so proud of my child. No, it's not about you. It's about them. Amen. Number three, become a student of those you wish to bless. Become a student. Now, we're going to pray, but let me just say this. Number one, love is not enough. Say it with me. Love is not enough. It's not enough. Number two, your presence is not enough. Say it. My presence is not enough. It's not enough. Tell somebody next to you that's not enough. See, because too many of us have been present but passive. Did you know that, that love is a verb? That, 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 that we, we must do this. We must give this. We must be active in this. And, and so if it didn't happen to you, join the party. Didn't happen to me either. My wife and I have discussed this. And, and can I be honest with you also, right before we pray? I didn't know this when I was raising my kids. I didn't know it. I read the book on the blessing by Gary Smalley and John Trent, but it didn't register until much later, unfortunately. So now I'm having to go back and bless my children now. But already we've seen a magnificent difference in what has happened just from the blessing. I, my, my son is at, at graduate school at Yale, um, back in New Haven, Connecticut, and he calls by Skype. said, Dad, give me the blessing. He, he heard, he's heard me teach this, and he, he's done some transcription for me, and he said, Dad, I'm calling for the blessing that you're preaching about. doesn't matter how old you are, you still need the blessing. I, I, I'm not saying you're not successful. Maybe you are. Maybe you are. But the blessing will take it to a whole another game, whole another level. It, it's a game changer. It transforms everything. And the problem is that we, we're telling people that we love to change, do this. You know, come on, come on, you can grow, you can do better. But we haven't empowered them. See, the blessing empowers. The blessing enables, we're putting the carpet for the horse, we're barking at our kids, and we haven't given them the blessing first. Twelve doses of the blessing 
before any word of constructive criticism. And especially we in the church, we want our kids to be saved and not go to hell. Please don't go to hell. And so we or you bring them, bring them to Awanas and you know, bring them to, to Royal Rangers and bring them to Missionettes and bring them to all the programs. You'll be here every service and we, and we never stop to give them the blessing. You got to go to Sunday school, be a church and church, and you be there and you be nice and you be obedient. And we're so happy when they do well at the Christmas program and the Easter program. But we never give them the blessing. It's run around and do stuff for God. So they become busy for God. They become diligent for God, dutiful for God. They do it for God. And, 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 and so they, they take their relationship of perfectionism into their relationship with God. And they never understand his unconditional love because they're so busy working for it. And it's many of you in this room, like me, a perfectionist by nature. But I'm so glad for the blessing. Because God will send somebody into your life to bless you. He sent people into my life and they begin to bless me. Because remember those 500, those 500 who had a positive experience, they heard it every week, every week, in and out, week, week, every week. It was reinforced. Now, if somebody didn't give it to you, it wasn't God's fault. Because God commanded them to give it to you. He commanded them. But I tell you what, if you didn't receive it today, don't worry, because we're going to give it to you today. Are you ready? Yeah. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Don't worry about spilled milk. Don't worry about water under the bridge. It's a whole new day, baby. We're going we're gonna to lay hands on you today. We're going to lay hands on you because we've got to lay hands on you and release the blessing. So as you prepare your heart for that, Pastor Mike's going to come right now and do what he does. Amen. Good stuff today, right? Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. You know, we want to bless the man of God uh, and just be a great blessing to him. And just do what the Lord just puts on your heart. And whether you uh, put in an offering envelope, there'll be uh, a Bible up here that you can give. There'll be ushers at the back of the door. You can just give there. You know, you got the debit machines. Just, if you just want to put the Clevelands on there, uh, we'll make sure you can put Church on a Rock and just make a note of that. And we'll get them all that to help with their expenses. And, and also to send them to these other countries. Your money's not just going to meet their needs, but it's going to other countries. Amen? What we're going to do is he's going to come back up for some uh, altar time, which has been very, very powerful. But I need you to go get your children first. And, uh, you know, if you'll do that, get your children, bring them back in. Let them get blessed. Amen? And be a part of this. But uh, I'm going to just turn it back over. We're going to be here to minister. Feel free to dismiss yourself. But I encourage you to, to just stick around and, and ble again, bless the man and woman of God as you leave. But uh, come back at the altars. We're going to be here a while. And it's been some powerful stuff at the altars. God bless you, and you be blessed, and get ready for some more blessing right now. Come on back up. Hallelujah. Well, let's do this. And I promise you, we'll wait for you. If you're going to get children, we'll wait for you. But, but if you realize that uh, you never received the blessing, uh, I want you to stand up right now, because, uh, and, and, and you want it, and you want it, and you want it. Stand up right now. No matter what your age is, doesn't matter. I was well into my adult years when I realized I'd never received it, didn't know it. My parents didn't know it, and they loved me. They didn't know it. They didn't know it. Now, since there's so many of you, and there are going to be more coming after they get their children, we're going to do this. I'm glad I have help today. Where's Pastor Travis when I need him? <laughs> My wife also is here. We're, 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 we're going to lay hands on you uh, because it requires appropriate touch, meaningful touch. Now, as we do this, I want you to know that uh, this is real. God put this in his word. This is real. So can we do this? Uh, can we come up as, as let's do this? Um, yeah, make lines in the, uh, these two aisles here. Please make lines in these two aisles. Can we do that? We're going to do it quickly. I'm just going to pray a general blessing over you. Then we're going to touch you individually and release the blessing. So if you could get in that line or this line, whichever one is closest to you, to my left or to my right, your, your left, your right. We're going to touch every one of you. It's, this is important. And if you're close, you just come up and just come up and make a straight line here and the rest can be in the line there. Just make it easy for us to touch you. Come right over here and. To give it, you got to receive it yourself. 
Jesus said, freely have you received, no freely give. Before I got here, the Lord said, minister this, minister this, Chandler. In fact, my wife and I right now are writing the book on the blessing right now. So pray for that too as we will um, get this done. People are begging us all over the world to, to write a book. It's changed their lives. So would you just close your eyes with me? This is a sacred moment. Even if you're in line, it doesn't matter. Close your eyes, everybody. Close your eyes. And just repeat after me. Lord, I hear you calling me to be blessed. I thank you for what my ears have heard today. Lord, I receive. And I receive the faith from your word to be blessed. I receive the courage and the grace and the favor that only comes from you to be blessed. I come now for your blessing. I come now because you are really my father. And what my earthly parents didn't do or parent figures, Lord, I thank you that you are here to do it. And you will send others to reinforce this message over and over again that I am blessed which means I have your favor which means I'm empowered I'm enabled to prosper and do well and succeed and thrive and you already accept me that in Jesus you already accept me you already love me, but by faith, I receive a complete revelation of your unconditional love. So I declare that as hands are laid on me in simple obedience, this is all simple obedience to the word of God. That as we do this act of faith, Lord, that I receive the blessing. I'm here to receive I believe you I receive I believe that I receive in Jesus name that every curse and every negative word every negative moment every negative action every negative action behavior gesture against me it's broken off my life and this act of obedience this act of obedience, my coming today, breaks all that. By the power of your word, the power of your grace, the power of your name, and the blood of Jesus. I declare that I hand laid on me, that I receive the blessing. And it begins the ball to rolling like a snowball which becomes an avalanche in my life growing and growing and growing and growing and growing until everything is in, is overpowered by the blessing your message over my life i thank you for it in jesus name i declare it's true and it's real Amen. Amen. Lift your heart to the Lord right now. Just lift your heart to the Lord right now. Lift your heart. Lift your heart. Lift your heart. Lift your heart. Lift your heart to the Lord right now. This is from Him. This is from Him. This is from Him. Receive it. This is from Him. This is His message. Forget about everybody who didn't do something. You're here right now to receive his message right now. To receive his grace right now. To receive his, his redemptive work right now. See, Jesus paid on the cross for you to be blessed. 
That's why he went to the cross so you'd receive the blessing that, that he would have people come into your life and release his blessing. Speak his message. Speak his message over your life. He commanded the preachers to bless you, not to curse you, to bless you. I know some preachers have cursed us. I know it is true, but they were wrong. God commanded them not to curse you, but to bless you, to bless you, to bless you, to bless you, not to point out your sins all the time and all your faults. He told them to bless you. Sometimes you got to have a conversation about some things, but not all the time. He wants you to leave service reminded of the blessing. Leave service reminded of the blessing. To leave service reminded. To leave worship reminded of the blessing. The blessing. The blessing. That his face is shining on you. So as we lay hands on you. It's just one fifth of it. But receive it. Receive it. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Because no weapon formed against you prospers. No weapon. I don't care what somebody said to you. God's blessing's greater. I don't care what negative things they spoke to you. God's blessing's greater. The anointing destroys the yoke. Hear me, hear me. The anointing of the blessing destroys every yoke. No yoke will be able to stand on your life anymore because of God's blessing. His spoken message over your life.